0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Soul Authentic Podcast. I'm Lin Lee, the host and creator of Soul Authentic, and today I have a special episode for you. I recently went on and was interviewed on the Reluctant Priestess Podcast with my friend Hannah Goldberg, and today I'm going to be including my interview from her podcast. I hope you enjoy. Before we get into it today, I want to speak on a couple of things that are alive right now. We just entered into the new moon in Gemini. So we are going into Gemini season. And I want to remind you that this point right now is really powerful to do a lot of reflection, reviewing, asking the right questions, asking the questions that are going to lead you to this next point, right? A lot of us may be even sitting with, What is it that I want to do? Where am I going? Where am I now? And so With this Mercury retrograde and also going into the Gemini season, it's a perfect time to finish up those loose ends, to finish up any reflection that you've been doing, or even start doing the reflecting now and moving with that kind of retrograde energy. One intuitive insight that's been coming to me lately is that we each have our own intuitive superpower. We were born here to give our gifts and to bring our gifts to earth. What does that mean and how can someone do this? I truly believe from an evolutionary standpoint, we were all born with the gifts being passed down within our lineages. And of course, I can go so deep into that and we'll definitely do a podcast episode on just ancestry and lineages as well. But I'm feeling into... This basic fact, this fundamental fact that every single person was born with a superpower or multiple superpowers and they're meant to bring that to create gifts on earth. It's kind of big, right? It's kind of a big task that we've been given. But what's really special is that it's speaking into our soul-authenticity. I believe that our soul-authenticity and our superpowers, they interconnect Right? If you're tuning into your soul authenticity, if you're tuning into your soul essence and you're aligned with your higher self and you're listening to your intuitive nature, you're going to be directly aligned with your gifts. It's going to happen one way or another and depending on you know, our evolution, our path and the challenges that arise in that, they're going to happen. That's just the way nature unfolds, right? When you go out in nature, when you live very close to the jungle, you realize that nature's specific gift to all of us is to express its beauty and its resource and its magnificence in all ways. And so we are actually meant to do that same thing. If you are listening to this, You have a specific gift that you're meant to bring, now what is that gift? Do you know what that gift is? If I ask you what your talents are, what your gifts are, what your superpowers are, would you be able to name one? Sometimes it's hard and it's best to get reflections from other people because This is where our blind spots come in. We were also born with these blind spots. And so what's really interesting about the human nature in our existence is that we can't really see ourselves very clearly. We were kind of born with a veil and born with our eyes closed off from ourselves unless we were raised in the right environment with the right parents. And and to speak into this, You know, we were all raised with the right parents, right? We chose our parents specifically to learn lessons that we needed to learn. If we were completely raised in a perfect environment, then we would actually have no way of growing and also seeing our challenges, seeing what we need to work on and getting better at those. The only way we become so masterful at something is by continuing to do it over and over and over again and working through the challenges, working through the things that arise and that's what brings mastery. And so how does one begin to understand their superpower? How do you begin to understand your gift? Sometimes it's just right in front of you. I recommend a couple of things here. I recommend first sitting with yourself, having the reflection, sitting in the silence, the stillness, and feeling your soul. That is a part of where these keys and the wisdom of your soul is going to come through when you're able to give it space to speak. I would also recommend to journal take a couple questions and really sit with them you can use the question of what even is my superpower and what does that mean for me to express it another question you can ask is what were the things i was naturally good at as a child and i would also ask and i would also and i would also give the questions of and i would also propose the questions of where am i now and where do i want to go If you start off with those questions, it's going to expand your knowing and your remembrance of your true gift. Remember that you were born with an inheritance from so many people before you. And so you have a gift, a specific gift that you're meant to bring. Even if that doesn't feel clear for you right now, it will. And trust in that. And the last thing I would say to reclaim Your power, your creative power, the most basic thing that you can do today is to reclaim your name. The reason why I'm speaking into this is because so many of us have been born and have been raised in a culture and in society and have gotten to the point where we did not like our names. This is a part of my story. And being a Vietnamese-Chinese-American woman here in the United States growing up, I was surrounded by many, many other people who did not look like me and were from a different culture than me, and that's okay. And I quickly learned that I was different. I had a different name, I liked different food, I was just very much into different things and you know went home to a family that had different values and morals and things like that. So each one of us have this story as well. We have our own expression of what we were meant to experience, especially as children and as young adults. and so as we begin to grow, we begin to have these parts of ourselves that we begin to fragment, right? Part of that is our name. When we are fragmented from our name and we dislike our own name, that is essentially taking us away from our true self. And so I recommend that today or the next couple days, invite yourself into your name. What does your name mean for you? What does it mean in your culture? How does it feel when you speak your name? And when you begin to reclaim your name, you're, you're reclaiming the basic, most fundamental fact of your being. I recently had a session with a client and going through her astrological blueprint, I was able to see her superpowers based off of the configurations in her chart and what her chart was really telling me, I was able to tell her that these are the pinpoints, these are the the keys, the superpowers that you need to base your entire life around, that you need to base your projects and the, the speaking engagements and all of the things that you're doing, base it around your superpowers and when you hone into that, you begin to activate your superhuman.
1: That leads me to our next guest today, who is the cosmic goddess, Lynn Lee, my sister who I met in Costa Rica. And she's amazing, like truly, truly, truly amazing. She does so many things, and I'm always just inspired and in awe, like hearing all the things that she's up to because she's a manifesting generator. She speaks to that a little bit, for those of you aware of human design put the link in the resources for today's episode. But basically, it just means she has her hands in a lot of different pots and she has a lot of energy to make things happen, <laughs> which I feel jealous about because for as much energy as I have, sometimes I do not have the amount of energy that a manifesting generator has. I'm only a manifester. <laughs> More on human design at another point, though. I digress. But yeah, Lin Lee. Li, she's a multi-dimensional creatrix who's here to guide those on their healing journey and awaken the divine creative powers within. She's an intuitive and an elemental astrologer, a cosmic artist, a Chinese medicine ceremonialist, and a future doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. She's the host of Soulthentic podcast platform to highlight the transformative stories of visionaries, thought leaders, healers, and artists that led them to embody their authentic power. Oof. Well, that is my sister Lynn. I want us to just dive right into the episode, so thank you for being here. I hope you are able to receive her medicine, her magic, and integrate it into your own embodied experience. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Reluctant Priestess Podcast. I'm your host Hannah Goldberg and I'm so excited to introduce my next guest to you today. This is a brilliant, brilliant woman who the fates aligned and we met a little over a year ago like in the back corner of a restaurant in Costa Rica. It was very random but also not because that's just how the universe works yeah, and She's just so amazing. I'm so, so, so excited to introduce to you Lynn Lee. Hi, Lynn. Welcome.
0: Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me, Hannah.
1: Yeah. So, Lynn, I know you are this multidimensional creatrix in medicine and art, and you're an elemental astrologer and intuitive and a Chinese medicine ceremonialist and... Because you're so badass, you're also going to be a doctor of acupuncture shortly. So, like, and you have your own podcast. Like, girl, you're just slaying woman. I'm trying to (laughs) shift that language and not say girl anymore. It is important, but it's like fun. You know what I mean? But, woman, you are slaying. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you, sister.
0: Mm, Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to just come on and be able to talk with you in the digital realms <laughs> yeah
1: thank goodness for technology in some respects right <laughs> yeah definitely. cool so I know you've been in well we met in Costa Rica but and you spent like the past year there and now you're in California mm-hmm. so tell us about your journey with that a little bit and then we'll dive on into some of the more juicy stuff but like where are you what's going on in your world today
0: Amazing. I love this question, just tapping into what's present, right? So I just spent a year living in Costa Rica, and part of that was to travel around and essentially find myself or find what, you know, was going to spark me. And initially what led me there was an initiation, was... A deeper calling within my soul within my spirit telling me that there was more to life than what was around me and i had recently just gotten through a breakup i had my heart broken by someone i just loved so much and i honor that path i honor that person in this story because it led me to paradise which is costa rica And of course, the universe brings you on these magical paths. And I had no idea what to expect. This was like in the middle of COVID pandemic. And I just said, hey, you know, the opportunity is right. I don't have any connections, any attachments to this place that I'm living. And I can go do this. And in fact, it was more of my soul being excited for the unknown, rather being more scared of the unknown. And whenever I make these really big decisions in my life, I always come back to that. Do I feel more ex- expanded by this decision or do I feel more contracted by this decision? To me, being a manifesting generator, being a, a sacral being, someone that is lit up and just needs to live by my pleasure, my desire, I immediately was like, I have to go. And I actually had this one moment where I was lying in bed crying my eyes out, just like trying to figure out what was happening and why my relationship just ended. And I looked up on my wall and I have this beautiful mural on my wall of the different postcards that I've 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 collected from different countries. And I looked at it and I thought that's what I meant to do. My soul, my soul deeply craves freedom. Freedom from structures and from relations and from just the daily conditioning that we are so accustomed to that we get so comfortable with, right? We get so comfortable in our our nooks and our spaces and what is just cozy. And During that transition, it was just asking for me to take the courage to move beyond what I knew. So I ended up in Costa Rica, and what was so beautiful about that was I met amazingly magnificent beings like you, just people on the path, people who are Priestesses, goddesses, gods, people who are monks, you know, like we have a mutual friend who just is known as like the nomad hippie, you know, and we met so many people on this divine path. And of course, that journey was not all rainbows and paradise and like jumping naked in the ocean. It was, it was a lot of me feeling. Really sad and depressed, and in funks and angry at some certain situations that I found myself in, in Costa Rica. Because not only is Costa Rica just a beautiful place to go on vacation, but the country itself, and and this is a beautiful thing about living in a country for this long, you get to learn about the energetics of the country. You get to learn about what the country is actually offering to you, what the spirit. Behind the country is is trying to communicate with you, and what I learned was that Costa Rica itself is a very healing place. It's what someone described to me as an acyclotron
1: and oh, I think I a cyclotron. This what is this? This is
0: well, how I'm envisioning it is, it's that machine that you. You know, you take your test tubes from science class and you put it into the machine, and it swirls it really, really fast. So it separates the molecules. Mm -hmm. That's essentially what's happening. You're you're experiencing this major polarity of time and space. You know what you knew as your reality and what another reality is, and you're just like being thrown into that situation. And it's challenging, it's triggering, it's bringing up deep, deep shadow work. It is an initiatory process over and over again. And at the same time, you're experiencing paradise. Like you're just like on a beach and it's beautiful <laughs> and you just drink like three coconuts and you're like, what am I doing here? And why is this happening? Yeah. And that's the question that I just kept asking myself the entire journey was like, why am I here? Who am I here for? What am I meant to do? How am I meant to serve? And that was the opportunity that gave me the space to do that. Sometimes when we have these deep cracks, right, these deep rips and ruptures in our life, it's meant to shine the divine light source into those areas and give us the space to come into our fullness, to come into our power, into our wholeness, and, like, I think that's what I found when I was there in Costa Rica was, like, my fullness, my wholeness, and had just this divine feminine awakening, like, deep, deep, deep within my roots, within my body, and, I mean, Costa Rica and even Bali is just such a yin place, right? You walk outside and you're in water, you're in humidity,
1: (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit more about what is yin and yang energy for those who might not be aware of
0: that? Mm, Yes, I love this question. And so when I'm talking about yin and yang, I'm speaking specifically about the energies. We live in a world that is built on universal principles. And from the Taoist traditions and even in ancient China, they were able to disseminate that energy itself is neutral. And so when I'm talking about yin and yang, I'm not associating with a specific gender or the way that our egoic mind sees things. I'm speaking in specifics of energy. And so because we have the sun and the moon, you can think of it like that. The sun is very young. It's very, it has a very masculine like energy to it where it's outwards it's bright it's beaming it kind of shows you everything it's the holder it's the great container and the yin energy which is the moon is more of a feminine quality more of a feminine energy in which it represents the shadow right the other side of the mountain in which is covered and feels cold but also holds so much magic and actually Everything manifests from that place. Everything has been contained in the cosmic yin, the cosmic womb. And so that's what I'm speaking into when I'm speaking into yin and yang. And so in Chinese medicine, we use that a lot to understand what people, what energetics are going on in people's bodies, right? Is someone experiencing more of a yin excess, a yang excess? Is it more of a hot right, a hot condition or more of a cold condition. And so that's what I'm speaking into with the yin and yang. Oh
1: my gosh, I could just hear you talk for hours. I could just listen to you. You're just such a wealth (laughs) of knowledge and just such a wealth of just source like channeling through you. So Mm. I loved hearing everything that you shared. And I don't know if I'll be able to touch on all of it because I was just like totally enamored of you and in rapture. (laughs) But like, I had my angel wings were tingling as you were saying things like, because it's (laughs) that's how it it, like so much of what you said, like the first thing that you said that really just like, like landed straight into my heart was you realizing that you value freedom beyond like almost anything else. And I had a very similar experience when I was going through a lot of shifts in my marriage and I knew that things weren't working out and I realized that freedom that value movement. I I call freedom movement because that means so many different things The movement of the body, movement of my body to other locations, right? Like being able yeah. to be free to do as I please and move about. <sighs> Once I realized that it changed everything. And that's what I heard for you too, is like, that was the shift. Like you recognized that value. And I think when we start living from values rather than Rules that are prescribed either from outside of ourselves or that we no longer question, but just assume are the only truth that is the only reality. If we live from our values rather than anything else, that is when lives shift. That is when magic happens. But we have to get really clear on what the values that we possess are. And those can shift at any time. I think like, because we are shifting, of course, However, for me, movement is likely never going to go away. Freedom will never go away because my soul yearns for it. And I finally allowed it. And that's what I heard for you too. You allowed it. And then you went on this huge adventure in Costa Rica. And it's true, like different spaces hold different energies. And I didn't realize it till I think I got to Bali, but like obviously the ley lines of the world and the ley lines being basically like the chakras and like all these like really magical energetic lines that support different energies to come through around the world, right? Like Mm -hmm. Costa Rica. I don't know if Costa Rica is on a ley line, but I love the way that you expressed that it was a, what was that word again? It was really, really technical. Yeah. And a
0: cyclotron. cyclotron. And yeah, to finish my note on that. And I think to add on to what you're saying is all of these different areas, these sacred sites, right? And I, I feel like a ley line doesn't go exactly through Costa Rica, but one it, one goes through Peru. Right. And so they're very close. Right. And so the thing about Costa Rica is when you go there, it just speeds up your healing, right? When you go to these sacred sites, you go to these really powerful energy centers. If you go to Sedona, if you go to Egypt, Right all of these places are really deep healings and also deep activations. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So many people can go here and be like, I remember my truth from thousands of years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Totally.
1: I remember when I was on the East Coast of Costa Rica, I had one of the most profound healings ever. And it came through and I knew that it was something, it was around the mother wound. And like, Mm -hmm. I knew that, I was working through a lot of family, like, traumas and and feelings while I was in Costa Rica specifically, but that mm. one came up. It felt spontaneous, but I had planted the the seed, and, like, I was in Cajuita, and I was just lying in bed in the morning, and it was just, and everything changed, and it was, like, like that mm. from a lot of places in Costa Rica, Monteverde, I mean, having, having like, I felt like Moses. I was coming down from the mountain and I had all of these like downloads coming through. And it was, it's different locations hold magic. And that is why people are drawn to them, just like you said. And it's, it's true. Bali is very, very, very yin. It's very soft. It's very spiritual. It's one of the most, if not the most deeply spiritual place I have ever been yet. I have plans to travel other places, but I don't know that any will be quite at the level that Bali is because the spiritual practices are so deeply ingrained in the daily life, daily rhythms, prayers, praying to the temples, bringing offerings every day. Like there's always ceremonies and that that shifts the energy All around us constantly Mm. and when you do get a chance to live in a place that is like that you feel what it does to your body on a cellular level like it just it Mm. changes our nervous system it changes how we interact and see the world and ourselves and it's so healing. I'm so glad that you've had that experience for yourself in Costa Rica and that you shared that because yeah, it's great to go on vacation. Oh, and this is the other thing that you said that I loved. Oh my gosh. You were like, it wasn't all just like jumping naked into the ocean and like, you know, sunshine and coconuts. It's like, it's fucking hard, right? It's (laughs) healing. And, and I think this is, there's a part of it that people avoid it because it They're afraid it might be really painful and really hard. And that is partially true. And for you, has it ever not been worth it to take those steps to heal yourself?
0: Mm, That's such a good question. You know, in the moments of us being in the shadow, in the darkness, in deep hibernation, and I have to say, I'm in one of those moments now. Mm. We are deeply cyclic beings. We live in these cycles, especially in those who have wombs, those who are pulled in that direction to live abided by the moon and her cycles. And so in those deep moments, it is so hard. It's so challenging. Sometimes I just lay in bed and I'm like, when is this going to be over? I've never had a moment
1: like
0: that ever. I don't know what you're talking about. And then you somehow, by the grace of divine spirit, pick yourself up, make yourself some tea and just like keep going. And it's in those beautiful, small moments. I think we sometimes graze over these small moments of like courage that we have. Hmm. But it's in those small moments that keep you going. And that's the strength of the human spirit to keep going. And yes, there are times where it's fucking challenging. And I mean that with a capital F. Capital <laughs> like, the yeah, it. It's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. And so I deeply have worked and found the tools that really support me in grounding and stabilizing myself. Mm. And also being in sisterhood, being community. And also, I'm not talking about just like physical community. I'm talking about like your spiritual support team. That's what I call them. Like the gods, the (laughs) goddesses, the planets, like whatever you tap into that is your medicine. Use that and also honor the lineages that it comes from, right? Don't use them just out of just because you saw it on Instagram or something, but really dive into them, right? Dive into what the goddesses are talking about. And And what their lives were like, and what they did, and what their stories were, because many of these enlightened beings that we hear about, they actually went through so many trials and tribulations before they became enlightened. I'm telling you, like Buddha had his story. Kuan Yin, which is another goddess that I deeply, deeply work with, and I feel her like she's always with us, and she's always with all sentient beings, like holding us in wisdom and compassion, always, and so it's practices like these it's the support system like these that help us and also those small acts of courage to be like i'm just going to go jump in the beach naked even though i don't feel like it right now it's like sometimes you just need that and i also want to bring in another element that you just talked about in ceremony and offerings Because this is something that's deeply coming into my life and mixing with all these other modalities that I'm so sparked by. And so I've been bringing ritual and ceremony into my life every day. And in fact, making mundane things into rituals, making... The kind of mundane things that we don't like to do, like cooking or cleaning, as a ceremony, as a ritual, it can be that sacred if you want it to be. It's your practice. It's your free will.
1: What does it look like when you are doing a cooking ceremony or ritual? What does it look like when you allow that? And it will be different for everyone. But for those who have never had experience with ceremony or ritual outside of perhaps religion or maybe never had access to it, I think that would be super helpful to hear.
0: When we're talking about bringing in ritual or bringing in sacred space, let's just bring it in and say sacred space because it just makes it not attached to anything. Like making a little space sacred what does that mean? Or making an action sacred? It could be as simple as having a prayer and saying, I bless this food. I bless the hands that made this food. I bless the land that made this food. I bless my body for bringing in the nutrients. It can be as simple as that. Or it can be as wonderful and luscious as like bringing in flowers and bringing in like water and like the different elements from nature and like a rock or a stick or anything and bringing it into your fields and making it fun and playful and just magical. And so if I was cooking and doing a ceremony, I would really talk to my food. (laughs) There's a reason why cacao ceremonies are done and There's a reason why you speak to your cacao, right? Because all things have spirit. There's all living chi or energy in all living things and all beings. And so when you're talking to your food, you're recognizing that there is life in that food. And you're seeing the sacredness in it by acknowledging it, by having a relation with it. And this really taps into... Also infusing a healing energy into our food, so not only is it giving you energy, but it's bringing you to another vibration, right because you're just infusing all of these like love frequencies and this gratefulness and this this just juiciness into your food itself, and so it just kind of up levels the experience and brings the experience to something that's fun and playful and sacred and magical and it can be done in any time in any way
1: oh thank you for taking the time I know I kind of interrupted you there you were on a roll but this was like really important I think to hear because yeah I know I hadn't I had no idea when I was first starting I thought it would be crazy to talk to my food and even though I had a little bit of religious background and understood prayer like not until I started sitting in plant medicine ceremonies, to be completely honest, did I really mm. understand what it meant to connect and pray from here rather than from here. And I'm pointing to my heart, like i learned how to pray mm-hmm. from my heart and not to my head. And there's so many ways to do it. And it's okay to talk to your food. And actually, have you read the book, Hidden Messages in the Water?
0: Yes, I have. I'm a big fan. Of course yes. you have.
1: And I yes. forget, I forget the brilliant... Uh, scientist who wrote it like he's the sweet I remember his picture though at the back cover of the book and he's the sweetest Japanese man he just looks like he would be the cuddliest grandpa ever and <laughs> which I love even more but the whole premise for the book is that there were scientific experiments for understanding that water when we speak to water and we say kind things and loving things that it actually shifts how the Molecules in the water form to form beautiful snowflakes rather than when they're spoken to harshly or with hate. And then it's like they just they can't form like beautiful crystalline structures at all. And our bodies being at least 70 percent water. Right. And everything around us having elements of water at varying degrees that's all part of that. It's like we speak to it because there is spirit. We speak to it because it is a part of us. Whether we mm-hmm. understand it or not, like it doesn't really matter. Like the science does prove that we are all connected, even mm-hmm. though we're taking different sh- different shapes of source we're all different expressions of source and whether we're a blade of grass or you know a coconut or a human being (laughs) or a bird it doesn't matter we Mm. all have this in us so speaking from love and gratitude Mm. can shift and make anything sacred and blessed and so thank you for expressing that because that is what it is about truly
0: Yeah, I want to add on to that, that they've actually done experiments with different plants. They've taken two plants and they did the same thing where they didn't say anything to one plant and they said, I love you. I'm grateful for you. You're such a beautiful plant every single day. And what they saw in that, there's multiple experiments like this. But what they saw, and what they found was that the plant that was given the positive affirmations grew faster brighter and it just thrived Mm -hmm. right and so we have this very deep connection the power of our words and the frequency that comes out sometimes are like it's our magic and we have to recognize that witchcraft (laughs) it is and we have that innate creative power but we just forgot Exactly. Okay, so this is good because
1: I feel like it's getting us into the embodiment piece because we can speak something into into existence and that's what affirmations are but like I believe that I am whole and worthy of you know receiving love. but if you don't really feel it, does that shift it? Does that make a difference? Like how do we better embody the things that we desire so that it feels real because I personally have found that I can speak affirmations into existence, but not until I really feel it land in my body do I feel the slingshot like effects of the the
0: positive growth or just mm. the magic. So what is that like for you? What do you feel with that? Yeah, that's such a beautiful question. And I have a very personal story that I'll share on this because Thank you. This in itself was an initiation, Mm -hmm. right? Any health issue that you have is an initiation. I'm just telling you that now. And remember that you are supported, you're guided, you are loved through that every step of the way, even if that doesn't feel like that. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to me was, or what happened for me, I would say, is I used to struggle with my skin, like for many, many, many years. I used to have acne. I used to like do all the things and just be on birth control and take all the supplements and see all of the different specialists and things like that. And I struggled with that deeply. I struggled with it. And for anyone that has experienced like hormonal acne and have had troubles with their menstrual cycle and things like that, and just know that you're not alone. There's so many people that experience that as well. And so from my mind, I was doing all of the right things. I was checking off all of the the list to make sure that I was doing the right thing. Right. And I, I did that for years. I did that until I was, yeah, mid-20s. And when I saw the shift was when at one moment something happened where I realized that all of the love that I'm channeling into doing the actions actually needed to go. F- into my heart space, and just emanate from within. And instead of looking for validation outside of me, looking for a medicine outside of me, I had the medicine all along. I needed to accept myself and accept myself and love myself before my skin was healed. Like Truly, that's what my experience was. I'm to testify to that. And when I did, when I finally brought this affirmation of this idea, this image into my body of what would it be like to just love myself and just like to feel my body and to accept how it's showing up right now with no judgments of just pure holding space for it, just seeing it for what it is, my skin healed. Hmm. Like within... A couple of months of me doing that. Wow. So and I'm not fast. saying that that's the only way of healing your skin or healing your health issues, but that's a big part of healing yourself, healing your relationships with your body, is changing the way we speak to our body, it's changing the way we judge experiences and maybe just like being the observer and saying, okay, I see this. This is for a greater purpose. I'm meant to learn from this lesson. And just in that, I realized that all of this mental thoughts and energy and affirmations really had to be embodied. And this is bringing me actually towards... A beautiful project that I'm now working on, which is called Goddess Code Astrology.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> my whole body just activated as you said that. You must say yes. Nice. Yes.
0: And so I've been an astrologer or just diving into astrology, a student of astrology for just I don't even know how long. That's how I
1: met you. You were reading a huge astrology book at the back of Loveburger. <laughs>
0: right i had like a like a, it was like one of those Huge. medical textbooks of astrology just like no big deal this is my friday night just kind of like chill back here and you know like hang out by myself with this astrology book that's seriously like my like definition of a good night to me because yes. i can bury myself into books and into spiritual knowledge and so i started realizing and this is This is something that's been coming deep from my soul, right? So again, tapping into this inner deep listening of change that needs to happen. And so what I've been hearing is astrology needs to be embodied. All of this like cosmic divine knowledge needs to be brought down into earth and to be moved through the body and to be felt and to be experienced. And that's something that I'm very passionate about right now is connecting astrology and this wisdom that's been used for thousands and thousands of years and connecting it to earth knowledge, connecting it to the goddess, to the divine feminine, to what we are. (laughs) And another big piece of this is... Working with deities, working with goddesses and gods, this has been a really powerful practice for me. And so I've been combining both because goddesses, they knew that the way of enlightenment is actually through the embodiment. It's by embodying the inner peace that you want. It's by embodying the the beauty that you want, right? The kind of abundance that you want already within yourself. So that way, that's already multiplying within you, and just gets reflected back into the universe. So I've been combining these two passions of mine and bringing out goddess code astrology as a modality that helps to highlight and awaken people's superpowers. Because I truly believe that every single person was born on this planet with a superpower, and Sometimes it's harder for others to remember that. But this is a tool for remembering the different reasons why you came to this planet through the evolutionary path of your nodes. And then remembering the superpowers of your personality, of just how you love, how you express, how you are meant to just be in this world through your inner planets, and i'm also pairing that with a lot of shamanic journeying as well so journeying to the goddess journeying to the planets as a practice to bring you to the spirit for the direct wisdom right so this isn't about being in the mind anymore this isn't about like trying to calculate your transits and your your aspects and all of the things it's more about coming back into your intuitive knowing that I receive this message, or I know that this thing is gonna ha- gonna happen, or I heard having this the clear audience right hearing that message, or just inherently knowing that something's going to happen. Honing in those skills of your intuition is extremely important now and forever, but especially in this like goddess code astrology and the embodiment journey that I'm bringing people on.
1: Oh my gosh, Lynn, I am. (laughs) I don't know how long this is going to go on for because literally you and I could talk about this forever. I love that you are doing this work because that is, and I've had so many conversations with multiple other beings who happen to be female, but like who are in the same mindset that basically the next octave the next iteration of spirituality and we don't even need to call it spirituality anymore it's just freaking living the next Mm -hmm. octave of living in fullness and in joy is to be embodied we've been so living in the patriarchal like post-enlightenment phase of living in the mind i think therefore i am and it's like Mm -hmm. no you just are it's just i am regardless of what you are thinking or not, like you're just, you exist in the body and being really cognizant and tapping into the intuition and the clear cognizance and the awareness of what's happening, because what is happening inside the body is a reflection of what is happening outside around you, right? And how you are interacting with that. And so I'm so obsessed. I'm also obsessed with how you are beautifully, it sounds like weaving multiple modalities together, astrology, goddess work, embodiment, shamanism, because that makes sense to me. And actually it's I, we haven't talked about this yet, so this is super fun right now. But like, that's also what I've been doing with some of the archetypal work that I've been getting downloads for because it's literally seeing how they are all connected. Sound, colors, chakras, all of the different systems, goddesses and planets aligning to even the um, the archetypes that have been coming in. And it's like all of it is connected, every single bit of it. And the more that we realize how all these different modalities actually synthesize and they're saying the same thing in different languages, right? Or in different Mm. tools, different resources. And if we, for me, as it sounds like for you, it makes sense on how they synthesize, but that's not a superpower that everybody has. (laughs) So I'm obsessed that you're doing this because it's such important work. Thank you. Yes,
0: yes. I mean, it's such a pleasure to just be this, Multi-dimensional creatrix, like putting everything into my cauldron and being like, "What can I do with this?" and and that itself is not easy, right? Like holding all of these different realms of knowledge and being like, "How can I put this together?" But that's when your creative power comes in and just creates something that's so needed, that's so needed for the activation and the awakening of so many people. That I know that this realm of astrology is going to be that for the people that come to me so absolutely oh my gosh and you're just
1: you you have such a wealth of knowledge can you tell us if it might feel like we're taking a step back but everything that was already said needed to be said but like tell us how you got into all this like were you born Mm. this way like was what's your spiritual and cultural background and upbringing like how did you get here to this point Mm. with this much knowledge babe
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. And thank you for asking because that in itself is a deep and long journey. I grew up Buddhist. My mom, actually, very early on, I would participate in fire ceremonies with her, honoring my ancestors, burning different like trinkets and and fake money to our ancestors. And she would also cook me Chinese herbs and talk to me about what the elements were doing in my body when i was like really young and i used to be like mom i don't care about any of those things like i want to be a kid and she would take me to the buddhist temple and i would just feel at home there i would feel like this is my place this is my sanctuary when i see the monks when i see people praying when i see people humbling themselves to the divine that's within them and in the cosmos I feel at home. And just to kind of fast forward into my journey, I forgot that. I forgot what really made me feel at home, what made me really light up. And I went on my journey, and I you know, I thought I was going to do this, and I thought I was going to do this. And I, again, I had this awakening to my power that I'm meant to be here to awaken others, to inspire others, to empower others, and also help guide people on their healing journeys. So that's what's led me to Chinese medicine and and going into my doctorates for acupuncture, which I'm so close to being finished. I'm very excited about it. And bringing that into the world, bringing back that ancient wisdom that's so coded in my own DNA and the DNA of so many people out into the modern world because it's so needed right now. People need that energetic healing right? And the holistic aspect of healing is so important. And so all of these other modalities that I got into, like astrology and art and ceremony and shamanism were just sparks of interest for me. Again, I'm a manifesting generator in human design. And so what that means is I am really multifaceted. Like I truly live with my hands in multiple pots. And that's my energy type. That's what really fills me up. When I'm just focusing on one thing and doing that for a long period of time, I start to feel like, okay, wait, I'm not listening to my true nature. If I'm super sparked by learning about yoni steaming, I need to honor my divine guidance and look at that because in there is a key that I need to help someone else on their path. For example, I started getting just the feeling in my body of, okay, I feel like I may need to work deeper with psychedelics. And I started just feeling into that. What does that mean? What does that look like for me? Uh, What am I comfortable with? And what is my limits? And so as a practitioner, as an alternative medicine practitioner, I started realizing, well, actually, I can help so many people on this psychedelic integration on this huge mind medicine journey that's about to open up for society and i started really just doing it and experimenting (laughs) i'm playing i'm totally being in my leoness when i learn about all of these different things i was about to say you're
1: you're such a leo you're so playful you have those playful leo codes which but that's, yeah. that's also the thing is like, it's so easy in the old paradigm of spirituality to get stuck. And like, I love that we're having this conversation because it's so on theme with all of the conversations that I'm having right now. Be playful, be joyous, follow your joy, follow what feels right, authentically aligned for you. Tap into your ancestry, tap into what is aligned from the, the people who helped you, help make sure that you are here. When we do that, it's very meta, that like I asked you about your spiritual background and upbringing and it's like we're going back, we have to as a society, as a world culture, go back into the ancestry and it feels that we have to go into a more backwards space, but actually that's what's going to launch us forward into better understanding it because when we live in our authentic truth, when we tap into the joy, when we follow our play, right and we allow all of that to happen that's where the magic sauce is and that's where we can support one another and and tapping into the plants right tapping into the psychedelics i know there's so it's that's such a charged word i've had to like even reframe how I feel about that. I just call it all of a plant medicine. Right. But talking to my parents who I love dearly, and they've come to a a space of accepting that I have worked with, with psychedelic plants, but Mm -hmm. using that word psychedelics, right. And like hallucinations, would you have hallucinations when this happens? It's like, I'm going to reframe this for you. That's an old, outdated way of thinking. There's actually so much wisdom in the plants that feels scary for those who hold control over pharmaceuticals, hold power over human beings who are attached to certain ways of believing that once we realize that we tap into the knowledge that the plants allow, Mm -hmm. that would shake up the system which is not beneficial to those beings, but mm-hmm. is beneficial to the healing of us as just humans living through traumatic experiences constantly. And when you were in Costa Rica, you were in a community that was like serving plant medicine regularly, right?
0: Yeah, I did. I actually volunteered some of my my time to provide um, Chinese medicine to a Uh, um, a community that serve plant medicine. And so I was there for two weeks offering my medicine to the facilitators and offering it to anyone that was open to seeing the integration, seeing the more of the mix between Chinese medicine and plant medicine and how Chinese medicine medicine can actually support that journey. And so that was such a powerful practice and experience for me because it started making me realize that chinese medicine can actually be brought into a ceremonial space as well and this is another thing that i've been creating you know i'm creating many things you are such a manifesting
1: generator babe get it yes. i love it
0: <laughs> and i i totally recognize that i honor that and and so you know just be just in that plant medicine is so sacred, plant medicine. And I love that you're actually speaking to changing the way we actually speak about medicine, changing the frameworks and the outdated language that is still anchored in the the patriarchal paradigm. And we're changing it to something that feels more aligned to its frequency. And, and you're right, it is, to me, medicine. To me, a really sacred herb plant and so with that you bring that into ceremony and it's an extremely powerful experience and that started making me bring Chinese medicine into ceremony and saying hmm I wonder what you can do with this in ceremony or bringing in a Chinese medical herb into ceremony and what can that do for someone on the healing journey with a really strong intention Mm. so yeah
1: beautiful oh my gosh I love that this it (laughs) it really speaks to these different modalities and tools that we look at it starts there I think when we've never Mm -hmm. really been exposed to ceremony and ritual and like setting the intention and being like very clear in those moments but Mm -hmm. really it's about if we can do it there we can just start living our entire life as a ritual and a prayer yes and Mm -hmm. that is again where we stop we move away from saying like i've had a spiritual awakening actually babe you just woke up you just became more alive you were always alive you just didn't know it yeah i i think that that has at least been my experience in really learning to embody and own and accept my priestess archetype as like the main archetype that I, I live in and embody that's where my medicine is right now and that can shift and I get that but you have the and to me the priestess is just the feminine word for the sh- the shaman archetype the medicine being and I suspect you live in a very similar space. You're also just the, the also the alchemist, the magician, like fusing everything together. But like what an archetype like speaks to you and is in resonance with your soul these days? And how has that been infusing your work like in just in complementing it?
0: Mm, I love this question so much. Yeah, what archetypes are really really in my field right now? What are the archetypes that I'm embodying and really inspired by? I would also say the shamanista, right? The shaman is such a powerful archetype that's really been inspiring me because we all have shamanic roots. Many, many of us have very, very deep shamanic roots from many lives ago many multiple 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 generations ago and we've just forgotten so many of us can like go to these ceremonies and have this huge awakening and start to feel energies and just like feel everything so deeply is because you are inherently tied to these shamanic qualities and they're essentially in everybody but just on different scales different different levels and so really i feel like that is one of the the main archetypes that are pointing out to me and then i would also just say the goddess right the tantric goddess i've been really into learning about tantric buddhism and just the different practices within that and how embodiment to to these goddesses is just the path you know it's no longer this way of releasing all releasing all your belongings, releasing all your attachments and these kind of like archaic ways of thinking and putting yourself into a box. But it's more of, in fact, like being present completely with everything that's happening and still having the center, still having this ground within you, right? And so if anything does happen around, it doesn't throw you off your center and you can actually come back to it. And so there's that. And I also feel that another archetype that's been with me so much lately is Buddha, like just simply Buddha and Kuan Yin and just like this, you know, the awakened ones, the masters and these angels, these angelic beings that are really with us all the time, as long as we can just call them in and honor that they're there that has been deeply deeply in my field and actually I just started reading the Sophia code and I've read like read like bits and pieces of it and now I'm really feeling like diving in and and bringing the practices that are in there like the initiations and the activations like into a shamanic space with myself and drumming and drumming those into my being and like speaking them out loud that's been such a powerful practice to me. So I've been inspired by so much, right? The shaman, the shamanisa, the creatrix, the divine mother, and just the inner Buddhahood that's in, in all of us.
1: Right. Oh, I love, all, I, I just, I love, love, love hearing you speak and talk about everything that comes through here because it just feels so magical, like all of it. And it it's because it is magic. Like we are allowing source to move through us. Right. And that's what happens when we allow ourselves to be embodied and to discern between what is ours and not ours and being in service. Like that's what it means to be of service is to be like, I am speaking and yes, it's my voice. And it's also source. And I am source at the same time, right? It's all of it. It's having the humility and the grace to understand that I am like one of 7 billion humans on this planet. I am only one of truly infinite alive things on this earth, right? And like, that's very humbling. And at the same time, I am source made flesh, Right, and realize that when I speak, I speak the truth of God. And like that yes. is when I realized, I remember I was, it was in Bali, it was last July, and I was sitting there during a meditation, and all of a sudden I just started sobbing because I realized, I was like, oh my. I am God. And I was like, whoa, that's really trippy. <laughs> and it was like terrifying and beautiful to experience that. Right. Cause there's that part of me that was still like, that's blasphemous. You can't be God. And I was like, who said that? Some old white dead guy. It's all fine. Everything's good. Right. And the d- divine feminine and masculine, the of Yeshua and Magdalene these days, like when I heard you speaking to Buddha and Kuan Yin, I know they weren't lovers, in the same space as like Yeshua Magdalene story is, but it's the same thing of the divine masculine, divine feminine coming into union, like Mm -hmm. with the representation of Buddha and Kuan Yin that like I'm hearing you speaking to. And, and that is it. We, we learn about the goddesses. We learn about what like the right hand of Tantra is to understand what it means to be truly embodied in the divinity of the grace of the divine feminine. And especially for those of us who have wombs as women, and we learn about that. And then we learn to like bring in the masculine piece too, to the point where like, it really doesn't matter if we call it masculine or feminine. Those are just words. We don't need to gender the language. And I think we continue to evolve. We'll move away from that. The language that's been coming up for me around these terms is divine feminine as artist energy, and divine masculine as curator energy and shifting more into even that language because the artist is like chaotic and has all of these visions is deeply intuitive and it's like moving from place to place and creating and creating and the curator takes all the pieces of art and finds ways of putting it in a way that rationally makes sense so the story can be told mm-hmm. so that we can see all the beauty that has been created and still hold it and revere it. And so I've been moving towards like that less gendered language, even in my own practice, because it doesn't matter if it's feminine or masculine, that it's important and it also doesn't matter. And that's like the beauty of getting into duality and non-duality too, is like everything matters and nothing matters. So yeah. Yeah. That's, Everything you said just brought that up. So thank you for sharing what you did. I appreciate it. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: That's powerful. And as you were speaking, I started envisioning Pisces and, and Virgo being these opposite signs, but you just, just explained it, right? Pisces being this all-encompassing womb of creation. And then the Virgo being the, the curator, right? Like the, the organizer, the, the manager of what's happening, And so it's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thanks. And actually, you
1: just brought that up. It's funny that Pisces and Virgo came up because Pisces is my north node and Virgo is my south node. So
0: (laughs) Mm, beautiful. I mean, you're, seems like you're on the path. You're talking about it just clearly. So, yes, love it. Awesome. So, my dear, I mean, if there was one word that you could use to
1: describe yourself, any, just like your essence, I want when I I really want to help people shift out of the when people ask who you are they say oh I am my job or I am this role I play I want us to think about what is our essence right that's what matters Mm. most so what is your essence babe who are you
0: Mm. beautiful I would say so authentic yeah is my essence and. Yeah, Soul Authentic is my podcast. I was
1: going to say, so tell us more about Soul Authentic and where people can find you and some of the other work that you're doing. That's actually a perfect transition into all of that.
0: Beautiful. Yes. So, Soul Authentic is a word that I channeled that became downloaded to me as a new way of understanding our frequency. It is authenticity times a thousand plus like soul, higher self. All of the things, right? So when you're embodying your soul-authenticity, you're living truly aligned with your soul essence. There's no separation between the being and the doing. You just are. And so that's what soul-authentic to me is, right? Being soul-authentic, being that unique frequency that sometimes rattles things for people, but you're going to just stand in your power. And so I created, out of that word, a podcast in which I have conversations like these, which I'm so excited to you know, have our episode go live. And I just deeply go into so many people's paths in that because I feel at this time, it is the moment to tell our story. It is the moment to speak our story out and record it into the digital realms so that the people after us, the future generations, can learn from what we've gone through and to also... Bring our collective to a higher understanding of ourselves and, you know, the magic that we bring. So that is that podcast. I record people and have an episode every week that comes out. And if you would like to get in touch with me, if you have any questions or if you just wanted to just chat about any things that I talked about, feel free to tune into my podcast on Spotify, Apple, and you can reach out to me on Instagram at Lynn Embody. That's L I N H embodied yeah I'd be happy to speak with you then
1: yeah oh my gosh Lynn you are truly such such a wealth of information and just such a beautiful beautiful embodied powerful powerful soul powerful woman and like the work you're doing is so important on all the different levels individually and also as you synthesize it and integrate it. And I know that you and I are going to be continuing to create together and be in touch because something drew me to you. It was that giant astrology book and you're just like this beautiful (laughs) goddess sitting back there, just reading it. And from that moment, it was sisterhood already. And I'm just so grateful that we've been able to stay in touch as we have, even if it's few and far between, it's still in connection and that to me is what it really means to be in soul communication and soul community with people. It's like you meet kindred spirits. They come in in the most magical and unexpected ways and then stay present with you for the duration of the medicine that we have to offer to one another. And so I'm so grateful for your medicine and I'm so grateful for your presence and your joyful codes. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing, sister. I love you.
0: I love you so much. Thank you for having me here. And it's just such a pleasure. Thank you, my dear. And thank you to all listening.
1: I'll go ahead and make sure that you can connect with Lynn through the resources and the links below. So be sure to check that out and have an amazing day, my loves.
0: Ciao. Beautiful day. Thank you. Thank you for finishing the episode. I want to invite you to subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. We're really here to help each other learn, grow, and support each other on this path. And so, by sharing these codes that you've received in this episode, you can give the codes to someone else. Thank you so much again, and remember to celebrate yourself. Ciao!